All right. Hello, Las Vegas. Happy Thursday, one and all. Appreciate you taking the time to be here with us again today. Uh, special thanks to those of you who've been praying for my puppy, Pepper. Um, don't have the results back yet, but we will update you on those as soon as we have them uh, available. She had a tumor removed from her head uh, earlier this week, and uh, that tumor is being biopsied. So no results yet. We will let you know as soon as we do. Please keep praying for her. Pray that the swelling on her head would go down. Um, that's been an issue pretty much all week still uh, for her. Um, we're not sure what's causing that. It could be it uh, could be cancer-related, could be something else we don't know. So if you could just keep her in prayer, just pray for a miracle, quite frankly, for my puppy right now at this point is uh, is what we need. We need her head to stop swelling. We need the uh, lump that seems to be regrowing to just go away and for that uh, that tumor to uh, be, uh, be benign. And then for everything else to just have some sort of an explanation. Um, but yeah, so thank you for praying. Please keep praying. Really appreciate uh, those of you who have been doing that and those of you that ask. Sorry, I haven't been as frequent with the updates um, on social media and stuff. It's just been obviously a, a pretty busy time with uh, with her stuff going on and the extra care that uh, that she needs this week. So, um, But I will try to update you. Hopefully, um, hopefully we'll have some sort of information tomorrow, but we'll see. may not be until uh, until next week. So, um, let's get to the news of the week. Shall we get to the news of the week? Yes, we shall. Um, we're going to talk today for a little while about this whole impeachment issue. And then we're going to talk about some exciting things that are happening here at Liberty and in some of our different ministries uh, throughout the week. Some special guests joining us uh, later in the program. But first, uh, the news of the week. We're going to start out, like I said, with the whole impeachment thing. And uh, before we can get to where we're at today, because this situation keeps progressing uh, very quickly. Um, so before we get to the latest, the latest, <laughs> let's... Let's review, um, and quite frankly, this probably isn't even the latest because there's only so much I can do prior to a show coming on the air. So if you're listening to the rebroadcast of this Thursday night, things may have completely changed from when I talked about this Thursday morning. There may be some news that broke, or there may be news breaking while I'm on the radio right now, and I don't even know it. So um, this is it's so fun trying to do radio when the East Coast is three hours ahead of you and already started their news cycle, and then we're just like waking up. Um, yeah, anyway, so we'll, we'll try and give you the best, uh, update here that we can, but apologies if it is a little bit behind schedule, if news is breaking while we're trying to do this, or if news breaks in the afternoon and you're listening to the rebroadcast, apologies. This is as up to date as I could get it uh, for, <laughs> for today's show. But, uh, so first I think more important than even where we are right now, because I don't anticipate that this is really going to go anywhere and I'll explain to you why, uh, and that because it, you, you got to look at what what the causes of this are. So I want to look at the backstory of this for a little bit here and just really kind of get a better understanding of why this has even become an issue. Obviously, Democrats have talked about impeaching President Trump pretty much since the day he was elected to office. It's never broken through. Pelosi's never uh, decided to act on that. But now, all of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi is calling for the whole impeachment thing. My personal theory is that uh, they thought that something would happen with Russia and the collusion and all of that. And since we no longer have Russia in collusion. Now we are moving forward 
with uh, impeachment investigation. What is she even calling it? I forget. It's not. It's not even proceedings per se. Um, I, I don't remember. Anyway, so they're moving forward with the impeachment investigation or whatever. So let's talk about this. Um, oh, an impeachment inquiry. That's what it is. An impeachment inquiry. The president does not seem the least bit concerned about this, says the impeachment inquiry will help him win the 2020 election, but that it will harm the country. So right now, um, 211 House Democrats, almost the entire 235 member caucus. Actually, I think it's more than that now. I think it's almost it's even closer now to the entire uh, caucus now support some type of impeachment action in light of President Trump and the Ukraine scandal. So what exactly is the Ukraine scandal and why is this an impeachable offense? Well, apparently there is a unnamed whistleblower who was not actually in the room when the phone call took place who says that there was a phone call in which the president pushed the president of Ukraine to investigate the Biden family based on some sketchy things they've done there and uh, threatened to withhold uh, military aid if that did not happen. Hmm. That's interesting. So, uh, you have someone who was not actually there, who's an unnamed whistleblower, who, by the way, though, has now said that they want to testify in front of Congress. You have uh, the, up until, as of, best of my knowledge, we still don't know who this person is. The whistleblower report, that may change because the White House is releasing the whistleblower uh, report, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, for me, when at the time of the, my recording of this, I do not yet know more about the whistleblower. Okay. Um, yeah. I have completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I got a text message and I read it. And that is something that, depending on... Usually usually I can read it and keep going. But that one just threw me off. Um, where was I? Oh, the whistle. So we have an uh, unnamed whistleblower who we know was not present for the call. Who is saying that there was a phone call in which the president uh, mentions to the president of Ukraine that that uh, Joe Biden's family needs to be investigated and uh, suggested that if Joe Biden's family was not investigated, that he would withhold uh, security assistance from the people of Ukraine, which, as you may or may not know, there is a there is a serious war that has been waging and continues to wage in eastern Ukraine. So that is would be obviously uh, a huge deal. That would be something that the president should not be doing. And so when you when you read this and you read these accusations, Honestly, uh, there should be an investigation into this. If the president is, uh, is, is, is suggesting that if another country doesn't do what they want, he'll withhold aid. And particularly because Joe Biden would potentially be his opponent in the 2020 election. All right. So I, I get based on the accusations where the impeachment proceeding would come from. The problem is, though, if you actually look at the transcript of the call that has been released, this is just quite frankly not what happens. And, I, you know, I, I wasn't going to do this, but I think I'm just going to read through this because I think it's important for you to understand and for you to have the background. And this is going to take me a couple minutes because this is a lengthy, uh, this is a lengthy phone call that they had. And I, I may skip 
uh, some parts that are just pleasantries, but I want to get to the meat of this so you can understand what was happening in this phone call and where, where, it, was, where it was headed. So this happened in July. Uh, it was a phone call from the president to the newly elected president Zelensky, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, in Ukraine. So the president calls. This is the president. He says, congratulations on a great victory. We all watched from the United States and you did a terrific job. The way you came from behind, somebody who wasn't given much of a chance and you ended up winning easily. It's a fantastic achievement. Congratulations. President Zelensky replies, you are absolutely right, Mr. President. We did win big and we worked hard for this. We worked a lot, but I would like to confess to you that I had an opportunity to learn from you. We used quite a few of your skills and knowledge and were able to use it as an example for our elections. And yes, it is true that these were unique elections. We were in a unique situation that we were able to achieve a unique success. I'm able to tell you the following. The first time when you called me to congratulate me when I won my presidential election. The second time you're now calling me when my party won the parliamentary election. I think I should run more often so you can call me more often and we can talk over the phone more often. The president laughed, said that's a very good idea. I think your country is very happy about that. President Zelensky says, well, yes, to tell you the truth, we are trying to work hard because we wanted to drain the swamp here in our country. We brought in many new people, not the old politicians, not the typical politicians, because we want to have a new format and a new type of government. You are a great teacher for us and in that. And then the president says, well, it's very nice of you to say that. I will say that we do a lot for Ukraine. We spend a lot of effort and a lot of time, much more than the European countries are doing, and they should be helping you more than they are. Germany does almost nothing nothing for you. All they do is talk. And I think it's something that you should really ask them about. When I was speaking to Angela Merkel, she talks Ukraine, but she doesn't do anything. A lot of the European countries are the same way. So I think it's something you want to look at. But the United States has been very good to Ukraine. I wouldn't say that it's reciprocal necessarily because things are happening that are not good. But the United States has been very good to Ukraine. Uh, and then President Zelensky says, you're absolutely right. Uh, not only 100%, but actually 1000%. And I can tell you the following. He then goes on to talk about uh, the European Union, how the United States is more helpful to Ukraine than the EU is. Um, sanctions about the Russian uh, against the Russian Federation. And uh, then the president of the United States says, I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say crowd strike. All right. So here's the first important thing for you to know is this this part of the conversation right here. They say crowd strike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people, the server. They say Ukraine has it. There are a lot of things that went on the whole situation. I think you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people. I would like to have the attorney general call you or your people, and I would like to you to get to the bottom of it. As you saw yesterday, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man uh, named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance, but they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you do, it's very important that you do that if it's possible. So, so far, really doesn't seem doesn't seem like a problem, right? He's saying, hey, I want to have my attorney general call you. There's some things we need to investigate. Let's have an investigation. Okay. The president of Ukraine uh, responds. He says, yes, it's very important for me and everything that you just mentioned earlier for me as a president is very important that we are open for any future cooperation. We are ready to open a new page on cooperation and relations between the United States and Ukraine. For that purpose, I just recalled our ambassador from the United States and he will be replaced by a very competent and very experienced ambassador who will work hard on making sure that our two nations are getting closer. I would also like and hope to see him having your trust and your confidence and have personal relationships with you or relationships with you so we can cooperate even more so. I will personally tell you that one of my assistants spoke with Mr. Giuliani recently and we are hoping very much that Mr. Giuliani will be able to travel to Ukraine and we will meet once he comes to Ukraine. I just wanted to assure you once again that you have nobody but friends around us. 
I will make sure that I surround myself with the best and most experienced people. I also wanted to tell you that we are friends. We are great friends, and you, Mr. President, have friends in our country so we can continue our strategic partnership. I also plan to surround myself with great people. And in addition to that investigation, I guarantee as the president of Ukraine that all the investigations will be done openly and candidly. That I can assure you. Okay. So the president responds. He said, good, because I heard you had a prosecutor who was very good and he was shut down and that's really unfair. A lot of people are talking about that, the way they shut down your very good prosecutor down and you had some very bad people involved. Mr. Giuliani is a highly respected man. He was the mayor of New York City, a great mayor, and I would like him to call you. I will ask him to call you along with the attorney general. Rudy knows very much what's happening and he's a very great, capable, capable guy. If you could speak to him, that would be great. The former ambassador from the United States, the woman, was bad news, and the people she was dealing with in Ukraine were bad news, so I just want to let you know that. The other thing, so here you go, here's part two. The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out that about that, so whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around, around bragging that he stopped the prosecution, so if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. Okay, so once again, we have the president speaking to another foreign power saying, hey, we're going to have the attorney general reach out to you if you guys can look into this. All right, no mention of anything at all about military aid. And the president of Ukraine responds, he said, I wanted to tell you about the prosecutor. First of all, I understand and I'm knowledgeable about the situation. Since we have won the absolute majority in our parliament, the next prosecutor general will be 100% my person, my candidate, who will be approved by the parliament and will start as a new prosecutor in September. He or she will look into the situation, specifically to the company that you mentioned in this issue. The issue of the investigation of the case is actually the issue of making sure to restore the honesty, so we will take care of that and we'll work on the investigation of the case. On top of that, I would kindly uh, ask you if you have any additional information that you can provide to us, it would be very helpful for the investigation to make sure that we administer justice in our country with regard to the ambassador to the United States from Ukraine. As far as I recall, her name was Ivanovich. It was great that you were the first one who told me that she was a bad ambassador because I agree with you 100%. Her attitude towards me was far from the best, as she admired the previous president and she was on his side. She would not accept me as a new president well enough. President Trump responded. He said, well, she's going to go through some things, but I will have Mr. Giuliani give you a call, and I'm also going to have Attorney General Barr, Barr call, and we will get to the bottom of it. I'm sure you'll figure it out. I heard the prosecutor was treated very badly, and he was a very fair prosecutor, so good luck with everything. Your economy is going to get better and better, I predict. You have a lot of assets. It's a great country. I have many Ukrainian friends. They are incredible people. President Zelensky said, then I would like to tell you that I also have quite a few Ukrainian friends. I would hope so, uh, that live in the United States. Actually, last time I traveled to the United States, I stayed in New York near Central Park, and I stayed at the Trump Tower. I will talk to them, and I hope to see them again in the future. I also wanted to thank you for your invitation to visit the United States, specifically Washington, D.C. On the other hand, I also want to ensure you that we will be very serious about the case and will work on the investigation. As to the economy, there is much potential for our two countries, and one of the issues that is very important for Ukraine is energy independence. I believe we can be very successful in cooperating on energy independence with the United States. We are already working on cooperation. We are buying American oil, but I am very hopeful for a future meeting. We will have more time and more opportunities to discuss these opportunities and get to know each other better. I would like to thank you very much for your support. The president said, good. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I will tell Rudy and the attorney general to call. Thank you. Whenever you would like to come to the White House, feel free to call. Give us a date and we'll work that out. I look forward to seeing you. 
President Zelensky then said, thank you very much. I would be very happy to come and would be happy to meet with you personally and get to know you better. I am looking forward to our meeting and I would also like to invite you to visit beautiful Ukraine and come to the city of Kiev, which is a beautiful city. We have a beautiful country which would welcome you. On the other hand, I believe that on September 1 we will be in Poland and we can meet in Poland hopefully. Obviously that has now already happened. Uh, after that, it might be a very good idea for you to travel to Ukraine. We can either take my plane and go to Ukraine, or we could take your plane, which is probably much better than mine. The president said, okay, we can work that out. I look forward to seeing you in Washington and maybe in Poland, because I think we are going to be there at that time. President Zelensky said, thank you very much, Mr. President. President Trump said, congratulations on a fantastic job you've done. The whole world was watching. I'm not sure it was so much of an upset, but congratulations. And president Zelensky said, thank you, thank you, Mr. President. Bye-bye. All right, so the president, president of Ukraine, uh, obviously, uh, we've had some more developments. We saw them meeting uh, here in the U.S., and we will talk about those things um, here maybe just in a few minutes. But I I don't want to talk about that aspect of things as much as looking at the actual what is going on and what is causing this, and is this even an issue. And I think that any reasonable person who reads through the transcript of the phone call will very easily recognize that there does not seem to be anything in here that would be a violation of the law. There is no mention by the president whatsoever of withholding uh, any sort of aid from Ukraine if Biden's family is not investigated. So I don't know, I, I mean, should the president himself ask the president of Ukraine to specifically, by name, investigate Biden? I, I don't know. I, I, probably not. But then, like, how is that supposed to work? Is he supposed to ask Mike Pence to ask them? Like, well, I don't know where the line is drawn uh, because it's political. I feel that if it wasn't uh, a Biden or, you know, a Clinton, that no one would even care about this phone call because I mean, he's asking that there be an investigation into something that appears to have been very illegal. And uh, he's asking for the attorney general to work with the country of Ukraine in that process. Um, I, I, I personally don't think that this is a problem. If anything, maybe a, a good thing. I, I don't I don't know. But I don't. Bottom line is I don't see how you see this as an impeachable uh, offense. I don't see how it's impeachable at all. Um, he he didn't mention the U.S. aid, and that's where really we we would have had a line crossed. And if that had been correct and true, then then I could see where you might have a case for this. But you know the the, the does refer to to Joe Biden. Um, it refers to uh, the fact that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, here's, so here's, here's what went down. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden, when he was vice president, urged Ukraine to fire its top prosecutor, a guy named Victor Shokin. Victor Shokin was investigating the natural gas firm Burisma Holdings. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, uh, is on the board of Burisma Holdings. Joe Biden maintained that it was corruption concerns that prompted his intervention. Trump, uh, prior to the transcripts release, was accused by Democrats of essentially pressuring this foreign power to investigate a political opponent and threatening to withhold uh, aid if he did not. 
It was even reported that the president had ordered his staff to freeze nearly $400 million in aid to Ukraine a, a, phone, a few days before the phone call. Um, but that is unrelated. And the president of Ukraine, uh, I, I didn't read this uh, part of this one paragraph, but uh, the only reference to military aid whatsoever is when the president of Ukraine actually thanked President Trump for his great support in the area of defense. Mm-hmm. Problem is, the president did not pressure the president of Ukraine in any way. I don't see the Justice Department uh, is pushing back on the claim that the whistleblower brought out something of urgent concern that would have to be turned over to Congress. In fact, the Justice Department issued their own statement, which said, quote, For the reasons set forth above, we conclude that the complaint submitted to the Intelligence Community Inspector General does not involve an urgent concern, and as a result, the statute does not require that the Director of National Intelligence transmit the complaint to the Intelligence Committees. So, what I uh, what I'm I'm also a little bit confused about is why, with all that's being talked about in this situation, why the focus is on what the president said and if we can impeach him for it, and not on what Vice President Joe Biden did. In March of 2016, okay, March of 2016, Fox News, you can look this up. Then-Vice President Joe Biden told Ukraine's then-President Petro Poroshenko that the Eastern European nation would get a $1 billion loan from the United States government, or would not get, excuse me, would not get a $1 billion uh, loan unless it fired Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin, the guy that I just mentioned a few minutes ago who was investigating the natural gas company where his, uh, where his son is a board of direct, on the board of directors. By the way, for being on that board of directors, Hunter Biden earned $50,000 per month, upwards, above. Even though he had no expertise in gas production, he never, I believe uh, one article I said, read said he'd never even been to Ukraine. The Wall Street Journal said he was serving as the Obama administration's point man on relations with Ukraine and rooting out bureaucratic corruption. But it has always been an ethical concern. Uh, according to... Let me see. Where is this? Uh, in remarks to the Council on Foreign Relations, Joe Biden said, quote, I was supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee, and I got a commitment from Poroshenko and from Yashchenik, who was then prime minister, that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think, about six hours. And I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. And then, well, expletive, he got fired. End of quote. So you have Joe Biden admitting, as vice president, 
to the Council on Foreign Relations to extortion an obstruction of justice and the threats to, to withhold aid. So <laughs> somehow we've taken that account and twisted it around to where when the president says, hey, uh, this prosecutor got fired basically because of Biden and wasn't a bad guy. Can you find out what's going on? Can you do, can you, can you look into this? I mean, Biden's literally bragging about getting this guy fired. I mean, how is it <laughs> that we have so twisted this story to where the president's phone call, which in my opinion, based on my understanding of the constitution, and it's not expert level, and I, I could be way off. I, I will be the first to admit I could be, I could be completely wrong on all of this and, next week come back and say you know what hey I was completely wrong here's the correction I learned things and, and I'm and, and, and if that is the case then I will I will gladly do so but at this point based on the understanding I have right now if that's the phone call that's supposed to be this shocking revelation that gets the president impeached I just don't see it I don't see how legally that's an impeachable that anything of an impeachable nature happened in this phone call but what I do see is if you look at what happened with Biden while he was vice president, you've got a you've got a serious problem here. I mean, this is stuff that Joe Biden said on camera at the, to the Foreign Relations Committee. So you have, let, let us summarize. It is apparently a potentially impeachable offense for the president to raise in conversation the possible obstruction of justice by Biden in a conversation with the Ukrainian president, which, by the way, the, uh, the Ukrainian prime minister called a long and friendly conversation where there was no pressure. In fact, the conversation that I read you took about half an hour. So that's an apparently impeachable offense. Even though there was... Okay. Meanwhile, it's perfectly fine that our former vice president, as he personally bragged about, blackmailed uh, Ukraine's previous president into firing the top prosecutor who was investigating his son's possible graft. And he successfully managed to do so because of his extortion. I, that, if that is not the definition of instruction of justice, the, 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 the double standard here is, in my mind, unparalleled. I don't know. So I, I, to me, that's why I wanted to talk. I didn't want to talk so much about where we're at with the impeachment proceedings because I, I really don't think they're going to go anywhere. I don't see anything that you have that you can impeach on here. Uh, if anything, you, you may just be resurfacing a Biden story that could really hurt his chances by going after the president and bringing out all this stuff. And... You know, Pelosi managed to successfully evade the calls for impeaching the president month after month after month after month. And now she has caved to the calls for the president's head via impeachment, essentially. And basically what she's done is she has committed the House Democrats to impeaching the president. If they do not now impeach the president, 
this this is essentially political disaster for the Democrats. If they uh, fail to get enough votes to pass articles of impeachment, that will be easily the the greatest gift that the Democratic Party could give to the president, in my opinion. I mean, it's essentially political exoneration for the president handing him re-election. Um, even, if the, even if they drop the impeachment proceedings, <laughs> talk about a political disaster. Though it wouldn't be, I think, the same level of gifting. Like, if, if they call for a vote and this does not go through, that is, that is potentially the winner for the president. I just... Uh, but if they if they just drop the whole thing and hope that it fades away, that's that's risky business. I I, I don't I think now that she's committed to it, she's going to have to go through with it. And if they fail, that's a catastrophe politically speaking for Democrats. But if they do manage to impeach him on grounds that much of the public already sees as very flimsy, and I think the more that people understand what it is, like, if, if this is all you've got is this phone call, people are not going to agree with this because it's just not there. Literally what they're accusing him of are not there. Now, we don't know, uh, or at least I don't, um, I haven't talked about yet the, the whole whistle, 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 cannot speak, the whistleblower aspect of this, um, and, and maybe this whistleblower has more that hasn't come out yet and that will change everything. But at this point, I don't anticipate that either because the White House is set to release the document, uh, the, the whistleblower, um, I'm sorry, no. The, the White House has already released a document that says uh, the, the Intelligence Committee Inspector General found that the whistleblower who leveled this accusation had political bias in favor of a rival candidate for president. So you already have the whistleblower discredited. Uh, Mitch McConnell, in a complete change of usual procedure, has allowed uh, for the whistleblower uh, vote to go through. And uh, that, that leads us to speculate that the whistleblower complaint isn't all that bad politically. It may be personally embarrassing to the president, but may not hurt him politically. Um, or, or maybe it is so bad that... McConnell says, hey, we do need to deal with this because this is really bad. <laughs> but let's say, let's say the House Democrats succeed, they impeach the president. There's basically zero chance that the GOP-controlled Senate is going to convict the president uh, absent clear and convincing high crimes and misdemeanors. That is the requirement for impeaching. You have to be found guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors. The phone call is not riddled with any high crime or any misdemeanor. Like, it's just not there. So unless there's some shocking revelation coming forward, which there could be, it's not going to get through the Senate. So if the House impeaches and the Senate fails, it will again look like a failure on, on, on Democrats in the House. So there's just, there's no, there's no good outcome to this for Democrats. And you might say, well, maybe the whistleblower will have something incredible and they will impeach him in the House and the Senate will, will follow through and he will be removed from office. Okay, uh, so let's say that that scenario plays out. What happens then? What do you mean what happens then? Well, what happens then is Mike Pence becomes president. I mean, I think that President Trump has done a great job, but I mean, personally, 
when it comes to, you know, personality and belief and lifestyle type things, I'm more in line uh, personally with with the vice president. So if, if Pence becomes the president, I feel that Democrats are still in a lose-lose situation no matter what happens here. Because if they think they don't like Trump, just wait until Pence gets into office. I mean, I just, I don't... So this is the this is the backstory. This is the lead up of everything um, that's led to this whole impeachment conversation. I really don't see this going anywhere. Uh, I know we haven't talked about all the items. We haven't talked about the president and Ukraine and and their press conference and so on. I just I don't I didn't want to get into all of that. I just wanted to talk about the background of this thing because you're going to hear all about the press conference. You're going to hear about the whistleblower. You're going to hear about all the new stuff. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. What you need to know is where this actually came from, the backstory, and why I think this is really just a bad look for Democrats. Again, unless their whistleblower is coming out with something that's absolutely earth-shattering, this this is potentially political suicide for House Democrats. But that's, again, my opinion. And it could be completely wrong. And if it is... I'll be the first to admit it. I'll be here next week if we gain something between my podcasts that we didn't know previously. And uh, I'll be the first to let you know that, hey, this was actually really serious. And guess what? Mike Pence is probably going to be our president. So either way, it's going (laughs) to... Sorry, it's not funny. It's not a funny thing when we're talking about impeaching presidents. But you know know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, We're going to take a break because I really need to take a drink of water because I just realized I've been talking for like half an hour straight. When we return, some of my favorite people are here with us to talk about some exciting uh, special stuff happening this weekend here at Liberty and in some of our various ministries. Don't go away. You're going to enjoy this. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Okay, welcome back. This is KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio. Trey, where are we broadcasting from? Liberty Baptist Church. Where? You got to talk loud into that microphone. Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church. Have you always gone to Liberty Baptist Church? Yes. Well, sometimes whenever I go out of the whenever I go out of Las Vegas, I normally go to different churches. Oh, I see. That makes sense. What's your favorite day of the week? Monday. Monday. And Sunday. And then Sunday? <laughs> okay, what's your second favorite day of the week? Sunday? No, Sunday and Monday are at the same. They're tied? Yes. Okay, all right, cool. Cool. What do you do on Sunday at church, Trey? I play with my friends and I learn about the Bible. That's awesome. Is there something special happening this Sunday at church? Oh, yes. There's going to be a a person that does magic. A person that does magic? Mm -hmm. Did you bring your dad with you today to tell us more about this person that does magic? Yes. Have you ever met this person that does magic? I don't know. You don't know? I think maybe Pastor Neil. Is Pastor Neil your dad? Yes. Do you have the but same I'm in name? charge of him. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see what Dad has to say about that one. <laughs> yes, very good job, Trey. It's, uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a magician coming to church this week. Yeah, so he's an evangelist. He's a magician. He's an illusionist. Um, and so he's... Um, He's been here once before, and so this is what he does. So uh, he'll he actually arrives uh, Wednesday, 
and um, he will be um, doing a presentation. Actually, he does about he'll be doing about ten different presentations, uh, but two main ones on Sunday. So this coming Sunday, he's doing two presentations here at church. Yeah, he'll do one at nine thirty, and then he'll also do one at eleven fifteen. And so um, this is what he's specialized in. He grew up, uh, David Korn, uh, as he grew up, he really had a passion for reaching people. Um, and this is the one of the ways that God has gifted him in expressing the gospel and showing people how to be saved. And so he'll be doing a gospel presentation as well as giving some practical application to how to live a life. So is this something to where if I come to church Sunday morning, I'm going to get to see this magician? So this is for uh, kids uh, up to sixth grade. And so if I put my hair in pigtails. Yeah, I yes. think we can somehow work that okay, out. Right. Uh, yeah, okay. maybe a couple hair bows. Uh, I think we can. I'm starting to see this now. Yeah, I think we can put this together. So uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's for children's ministry. Yeah, our children's okay. ministry at Liberty Baptist Church. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be a great Sunday. Uh, he'll also make it to the twos, uh, twos class as well as the threes and fours. Um, so uh, just to be able to make sure all the kids are able to see, uh, to see him. So now... I, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a magician at church before. And yeah. Some people get concerned about magic. And never at all, illusions. really. Yeah. So explain explain this to us. How yeah, does so, this work with ma- magic at church? So uh, growing up in the southeast, there's um, there's several things that um, uh, we were exposed to. Uh, one of them is there was a, a magician that came, or actually, we say magician, uh, obviously there's illusionist because it's always right. it's an illusion it's not magic right. but um so there was a family that actually came jim collins was his name and uh, he came and actually sunday night he did a whole act and i'd never seen this before uh and i thought this is cool i would i would love to uh love to be a part of this about probably about seven years ago we had um we had evangelist corn come out and he did a presentation um, and I really think it's great for kids to be able to understand. Um, first of all, it gives them an avenue um, for, I mean, there's preachers, there's missionaries, but also it gives kids a different avenue of knowing how to reach people. So uh, you have Christian comedians, you have, um, I mean, you have so many different avenues uh, for people to reach other people. So, so he, this is one of the avenues that he has reached and done an incredible job. He goes, travels all over the world um, uh, to Africa. He's gone to, uh, to Asia. And, um, and so he, uh, he's coming here this week, um, and we're looking forward to God doing some great things through his life. So to answer your question, yeah, I was exposed to, uh, to, um, to the, I was exposed as a young child to, uh, an illusionist, and uh, it really was an exciting thing about coming to church to see what uh, was going to be a part of of that deal, and it was a lot of fun, very memorable for me, especially. Well, yeah, and I, I think you hit on a, a key thing there is that you know it's he's an evangelist, and illusion is the min- ministry opportunity that he uses to share the gospel. So, like a Christian comedian or anyone else that uses the gifting that God's given them to share the gospel, which is awesome that he's able to do that and do that here with us because. I think illusion is pretty cool. So, Trey, I have a question for you. Mr. Mr. Young Jeffrey Neil Berkey III, have you ever seen an illusionist live and in person before? Does that mean a person that does magic? Yes. Yes, I have. You have. Okay. What did you think of the last one that you saw? It was incredible. It was incredible. Okay. So, are you are you excited about this Sunday, and do you think he'll do a better job than the last one that you saw? I really do not know yet. <laughs> you don't know yet. Okay. Do you hope that it's as good as or better than the last 
magician slash illusionist you saw? I hope that it's way better. Way better. And the one that you saw before was incredible. Yes. So if there are kids listening, should is it worthwhile to come see an illusionist at church on Sunday? Yes, it is. As I say, incredible. Incredible. Blows your mind. I think he was gonna. Uh, he was talking about maybe cutting your arm off, Trey, and uh, making maybe making <laughs> it show up, you know, across the the room. Would you be interested in that? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> okay, we'll just put you in the box and saw you in half, and then put you back together. Can we do that one? Would you like to? No, no. I I'm giving you the opportunity. I don't believe so. You don't believe so? If you could do any illusion or magic trick, what would you do? If it was real, I wish I could like disappear and go into another room and then come back. But so, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, but I have seen illusionists that do that. Not in person, but I've seen them do that like on TV where they're there and then poof and then they're back. I'm pretty sure they go they put a box over them and then they go through the floor. Through the floor. Do you think that Mr. Corn can go through the floor at church? Can we put a box over him and make him disappear? I don't believe so because we don't have a basement. Mm, that's true. We do have a little hole here in the radio building, though. You found it before. We yes. can put him over that, see if he disappears. <laughs> yes, let's try that. Let's try that. Maybe we should try it with you first. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so Pastor Neil. He's coming, he's doing Bible clubs, he's doing uh, Sunday s- or, um, our, our kids' classes Sunday morning. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think he's also doing a police event, uh, yeah. maybe while he's here. What are some things, so for mem- members of our church, what are ways that people can pray for the different activities that we have coming up with him this week? Yeah, so there's, uh, there's several different events that we're doing, um, trying to get him involved in. And so, obviously, whenever something happens, uh, Satan always tries to combat that. Through, uh, through various opposition. So one of the things that we would pray for is just asking God that, uh, that the gospel would be delivered to the, ma- the most people as, as possible. Uh, in addition to that, we would pray that, uh, that people would be saved um, and lives would be transformed. Maybe even some, through this that someone would like to be, a, um, like to be a, you know, a, um, an evangelist that would share the gospel through via me, uh, magic or illusions. And so these are these are the top three. So people would be open, um, that people would receive Christ, and even people would be surrendered to, to uh, give their life up to share the gospel with other people through this through this means. Awesome. So it's Sunday morning. At what times is he at? In yeah. Children's so Sunday ministry? morning, uh, nine thirty. Uh, he'll he'll actually be. I didn't even share this. Some people think of magic show. Oh, this is like a five minute thing. No, he's actually going to be doing an hour and a half presentation. That's um, For uh, at nine thirty. And 11.15, you'd be like, wait a second, that's like an hour and, yeah, so he's going to be doing so for an hour, uh, he'll have like a 15 minute break, and then he will have another hour and a half presentation, so um, it's going to be incredible, and le- really looking forward to it. Just to give you an idea, um, he's going to be unloading, uh, when he gets here, um, he's going to be unloading, he says, it usually takes him about an hour and a half to unload all of the stuff. Mm. And mm. so uh, Some of those disappearing boxes are. Yeah, heavy. it probably is. You know that that <laughs> he has to he actually make them larger, so uh, you know pump them up with air, and yeah, it's it's a whole whole deal. So, <laughs> but it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to him and um, and his ministry. So, all right, Trey, we're going to give you the last word here. Tell us in your own words. Make a full sentence, or two, or three, however many sentences you would like. Tell us why everyone should come to church on Sunday. I think you should come to church. First reason, if you're, 
if you're not saved, um, to come to get saved. And if you don't exactly know what that is, it's accepting eternal life. And, and if you don't understand, just come to Liberty Baptist Church and you will. And I, I, I'm for certain excited for this guy if it especially for the disappearing boxes <laughs> <laughs> me too those are very good reasons trey so people can come they can learn about jesus they can learn how to know for sure they're going to heaven and this week they can see an illusionist those are pretty good reasons to come to church aren't they mm-hmm. good job trey do you have any other words of wisdom you'd like to share with the radio audience before we let you leave have a nice day <laughs> okay all right <laughs> Thanks, guys. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a few moments. This is, do you know what our letters are, Trey? Do you want to say the letters? KVXL. Yeah, you got to say it real loud, though, in the microphone. KVXL. And what are the numbers? That I just said them. Th- those are letters. Numbers. One. One, one zero. zero. One point one. One point one. <laughs> FM. <laughs> FM. Good job. All right, we'll be back in just a few minutes. All right, Las Vegas, we're wrapping things up for today. As you heard, we will have a illusionist here with us on Sunday morning. Thanks to Pastor Neil and Trey for coming on to share with us about that. Uh, the impeachment that will not be at. Let's call today's program of impeachments and illusions. I think that'll be good. But what is not an illusion for those of us here in Las Vegas is the fact that the parking boot is being replaced officially by the city with the parking barnacle. Yes, the city has spent nearly $5,000 upgrading to the device that it says is safer, easier, and smarter. It's called a barnacle. This thing is huge. It goes across your windshield. It uses two large suction cups and 750 pounds of force to lock onto your windshield. It is GPS uh, enabled. It has a tamper-proof system. If you try to pry it off, your windshield will most likely shatter. If you also try to pry it off, an alarm will sound. Uh, If you try to drive with this thing across your windshield, which by the way is illegal, uh, the GPS will alert law enforcement agencies to your location and you will get in really, really big trouble. Uh, The positives of this thing are that uh, this is a lot safer for our law enforcement personnel. Normally they'd have to kneel down to put on, or for parking enforcement officers, um, you'd have to kneel down in traffic or not in traffic to apply the boot. It's also safer for your vehicle as long as you don't try to uh, pry it off. And you will only get the barnacle, like the boot, if you have over $200 or more in parking uh, citations. And then after you, uh, so what you can do is if this thing is on your car, there are instructions on it. You call the number on the the thing. It will instruct you how you can pay your tickets or fines or whatever. Once you do that, you will be sent a PIN. The PIN can be programmed into a panel that is on the barnacle itself then the barnacle will release. Then it becomes your responsibility to return the barnacle to a drop-off location. There's only one right now. It's down by City Hall. But uh, the barnacles are not yet in use because the city has not determined what the hold fee uh, will be. So uh, what uh, what it is right now, I think... Um, the hold fee is $75. I'm not sure if it's $75 a day or just $75 until you return the thing. But 
it's not going to be if you if this thing is on your car you will know it it says the barnacle right on it it looks like a huge open book that's just plastered pretty much across your entire windshield and you are not going to be going anywhere if you got this thing on your car so now you know vegas new technology coming our way always this city with with making the advancements in technology way to go guys all right, that's all the time that I have left for today. Thanks for being with us this Thursday. Hope you will join us on Sunday uh, as we have illusionist uh, uh, and evangelist David Korn here with us in children's ministry. Your kids are going to love it. And we will see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas.